about who you are as a business you know what are your services what makes you different to other businesses out there and actually what your goals are because what your goals are will really determine your approach to people hello and welcome to the helping organizations thrive podcast this is your host julian roberts This podcast is to provide leaders and business owners with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, and experts in the field of business resilience. As a consultancy, we're here to help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver, and thrive. If you would like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates, and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive, uh, and welcome to the new series I'm doing entitled HR Challenges Faced by SMEs, where we'll be taking talking to HR professionals that will provide you with insights and pragmatic solutions to, to really help your business. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of Emily Perry on the show. Uh, welcome, Emily. Hi, Julian. Good morning. Good to see you. Thank you, you too. Yeah, so you are, you are the founder of the, the People Consultancy, uh, which is all about helping ambitious business owners get the best from their people. That's right. uh, you work with business owners to provide HR support, well-being expertise and coaching to enable you to create a great place to work for you and your people. And uh, you're an expert of HR, in HR and have been working with small businesses for the last 20 years. So a lot of experience, yeah. <laughs> a lot of expertise. And today we're going to be exploring uh, managing performance of employers sort of proactively and, and how we can get the best out of our people, because we know people are our best assets. Uh, I don't always think businesses believe that, uh, but they really are. And so um, before we go there, though, I just want to ask, uh, what do you love about what you do, Emily? Um, so for me, as cheesy as it sounds, I genuinely really love helping people and I think during my time working with small businesses what I've really learned is that for a lot of owner managed businesses people are so emotionally attached to their business and their business is their baby and working with those business owners to really support and help them through the people issues that they're facing it's you know it's what I love to do because I can see the stress and the kind of distress sometimes that actually people issues in their business cause because they're so emotionally attached they can't see the wood for the trees so actually to be able to go in there and help them take that weight off of their shoulders and actually offer them practical solutions is yeah it's a great feeling to be able to do that you made a valid point there where business owners are very emotionally attached to their uh, business it's almost yeah. their baby yeah. and um, trying to get that baby off them or help them to sort of get out of the way to to sort of help them grow and, and often businesses obviously start just as a, a solopreneurs and then yeah. they start to grow and they start to bring people on board don't they uh, and and that's when and people and as much as they start to help the organizations they cause lots of challenges for the yeah. business owner particularly yeah. if the business owner is not being used to managing other people and be managing their own sort of uh, sort of schedule I guess yeah. so if you're a business owner now and you've gone from you know maybe you've gone from two to eight maybe to 30 people over the last few years mm. 
where do people start in how to get the best out of people? Where, where would you start with, with an organisation? Well, first things first, I think it's really important to get clear on what your business is doing, what its goals are, what its offerings are, because without that clarity, you're then in a really tricky position to be able to sit down with people and explain to them what you expect from them. And I think you'd be surprised at the amount of businesses I kind of go into and, and sit down with the business owner and I say, well, okay, so what are your goals as a business? What, you know, what are your plans? And they go, oh, we don't have anything. So, it's really hard then to kind of sit down with your people and say, this is what we expect from you, when actually there's no tangible goal there for the business itself. So I think before you even start thinking about the people side of things, it's about getting really clear about who you are as a business, you know, what are your services, what makes you different to other businesses out there, and actually what your goals are, because what your goals are will really determine your approach to people within the business so if you're looking for fast growth then your strategy around your people is going to be really different to a business that kind of just wants Mm. to stay as is and create a nice place to work but actually they don't want to aggressively grow so first thing get really clear on that get it written down um do a bit of a plan you know it doesn't have to be this big corporate strategic document that I think people are scared to do but the first step is to get really clear on what you want as a business and then I think once you've done that it's then about going through and looking at okay so what does that mean in terms of skills so what are the services or products we are offering to our clients and then breaking that down into okay so what roles do we need within the business and then once you've kind of got that clear you can then start to put some parameters around you know what is expected from somebody in this job you know what does good look like for them Mm. and then once you've got that clear it's then about really spending time with people and making sure that they understand that because again you'd be surprised at the or maybe not at the amount of organizations that people don't really understand what is expected from them. And then I think this is where you get the real battle going on between the business owner and the employees, where the business owner is perhaps getting really frustrated that their team aren't performing. But actually, when you sit down and chat with the team, they're like, well, I don't know. I I might have had a job description when I first started five years ago. But since then, there's been nothing. I've not been told if I'm doing a good job or not. So actually, how am I supposed to know what I'm doing? So I think, yeah, that's kind of the best place to start, really. Well, you said a ton of stuff there, Emily. <laughs> so, no, 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 no good stuff. And I just want to sort of go back and un- unpick uh, some of it. Yeah, um, of interesting about the, the, the clarity piece, uh, as much as it's good for the business owner to be clear on their purpose and their goals after Uh, actually other people employees want to have clarity as well and i think one of the things i i I recognize in a lot of businesses if people are not clear on expectations of what they should be doing it's just not going to go anywhere and they're not going to be motivated there's going to be lack of direction uh, and you're not just going to and then if you're not clear on expectations and then nobody knows where the mark is do they No. And I see what I see quite a lot of going on in businesses is that there's a lot of assumption. So there's a lot of assumption from the business owner that the people know what they're supposed to be doing. And then 
there's a lot of assumption from employees that the business owners know how they're feeling and actually neither of them are talking to each other so you then get this great dissatisfaction going on between the two because they're not talking so yeah getting that clarity in place is so important and you mentioned uh job descriptions now i'm not a a lover of job descriptions um, myself really i think i my last one i had uh, my first sort of company i almost didn't have them They, they had a thing about not job descriptions and i just wanted to say what's your view on job descriptions and and what's the best way of creating that clarity with people? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, me too. I, I don't like a job description in terms of the traditional sense of sitting down and going through the duties and the, you know, all of that side of things. Because, again, I think how organisations are in today's world is that things change so frequently frequently and quickly that you can sit down and write a job spec and then two months later it's completely out of date and it doesn't make sense anymore so I think what I mean by that is just having some clarity around what is expected from that role so are you expecting somebody to make however many phone calls a day are you expecting them to you know deal with customer complaints what does that look like for that person and just making sure that they're really clear on actually this is what we expect from you this is you know what we expect in terms of delivery and output from you and then making sure that those conversations are happening regularly with that individual or the people Mm -hmm. in your team so that you're keeping people on track and if you know the business changes or things change for whatever reason you're keeping on top of it as it happens rather than waiting for the dreaded annual review a year down the line where nothing is relevant anymore (laughs) yes uh, I remember those annual reviews where suddenly your boss tells you something which you've been doing for the last six months and you're thinking why didn't you tell me six months ago (laughs) it <laughs> was not working very well and again yeah. I'm, not, I'm not i don't mind annual reviews but for me it's about the continuous review isn't it 100 yeah because i just i don't know in my experience of sort of sitting in on hundreds of appraisals over the year i don't think i've ever gone into one where the employee has actually found it particularly valuable um and the employer dreads it because they have to spend weeks preparing for it and they haven't got the time whereas actually if you have an ongoing process of reviewing and talking to people it just makes life so much easier for everyone i think it does and i think the ongoing piece is important um i think it's good to document you know once a year and i I used to last business i was in we got it onto one page yeah and it was i think the top third was about the history as in the review of the year kpis all those sort of stuff that was important objectives and then the next two thirds all about how we're going to develop you how we're going to grow you and how we're going to what next basically in in your Mm -hmm. role and i think that's important to have it more future focus as opposed to thinking back and retrospectively 100 percent, and actually looking at you know what needs to be achieved and what the employee wants to achieve and then doing it in sort of a coaching way so that you're talking about things you're agreeing actions together so that everyone feels involved in that process so going back to we've got our employee or employers got clarity on their purpose they've got the goals set up and then they start to cascade that down with each individual employee and they set goals accordingly to each employee what happens next then to ensure that they truly do not only deliver on those but get the best out of their people what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that 
I think really, and what and where I see people doing really well is when they are able to see and recognize what their people are really good at. Because I think the traditional kind of style of performance management was, you know, where you would go through and you'd look at things that people were doing wrong and then you'd work out performance improvement plans and things like that. But I think, you know, the reality is, is that if you can get really clear on what people are good at, what where their talents are and where they work best, they will naturally perform to the mm. best of their abilities. So I think that is key before you start looking at anything else is to think about actually why did I employ this person in the beginning you know what is it that they are really good at and how can we maximize that rather than nitpicking at the tiny little things that they might not be great at because Mm. that's not motivating for anyone um so yeah I think that is a really good place to start is to figure out what people are really good at and it's taken the view that a you've employed somebody for a purpose and you've obviously impressed with what they were doing at the interview, but also people are human and bring a lot more than just they do in their job. There's a holistic viewpoint, isn't there? So how might we, I guess, get a a greater understanding of what their, what the talent is we've got in front of us rather than just, as you say, just chucking goals out there and off you go and say, Oh, you've not hit this. You're not hit that. Are you hitting that? How might we, I guess, assess that talent, but also then optimise that talent with individuals? I think it comes back to making time to spend with people and to really talk to them, like you say, like they're human beings and understand, you know, what they were doing before they came to your business. You know, what's their life experience? You know, what else have they done that they can Mm. bring to the table? And again, this is something that I see so often, especially in small businesses, because it is tough when you're running a small business. There's so many things for you to be doing and it is busy. And, you know, often in owner managed businesses, those owners are still either client facing themselves or, you know, they're doing a lot of the day to day work still themselves. So, you know, they're like, oh, I don't have time to sit down. You know, my days are so busy. But I think, again, if you can really make that time to you know, even if it's just once a week or once a fortnight, taking someone out for a coffee and just having a chat with them and finding mm. out you know, what's going well, what are you struggling with at the moment so that people feel comfortable talking to you and they're not scared of sitting down with their boss for fear that they're going to get hauled over the coals for doing something. It's about mm. just those, it's building good relationships. And then when you've got good relationships, people will open up to you and you'll be able to see what people are good at and, you know, where they might be struggling. And then you can then start pointing them in the right direction. But if you're not having those conversations and you're not building relationships with your team, that's when, you know, people start to hide when they're struggling because they're scared mm. to talk to you or they might make a big error or mess up, but they're scared to tell or own up to you about it because, you know, they're scared they're going to get told off or something so again if you've got those good relationships you can quickly deal with things as they happen rather Mm. than having to be built up into this big scary formal performance review yeah it seems to be a a theme here of having this almost ongoing conversations isn't it and that's the important thing here not as you say a formal even a quarterly review or whatever it is however you might do in a business it's that just touching base with people and making sure i guess checking in on people in a, in, a, in a human way, isn't it? And I think we've learned certainly in the last few years to be a bit more, 
um, think about people's outside of work as opposed to just mm-hmm. in work. Because now we're obviously currently, and you and I are, are working from our sort of home bases uh, and seeing a lot more what's going on in our lives. Um, mm-hmm. That's important, actually. Um, what happens though when things go a little bit wrong, and mm-hmm. we may get I don't like almost like the word, but almost poor performance. People are not yep. meeting the expectations. Um, you've set out goals and they're not delivering on it. How might we deal with those in a way that, again, is still positive and still engaging and still keeps that employer um, sort of fired up to to keep going? Again, it comes back to having conversations with people, I think, and not being scared to address things. And, you know, I've got loads of experiences of working with small businesses where somebody has just been left for months and months and months not performing but the business owner is scared of having that conversation because it's awkward and you know they're not comfortable having that conversation but i think again it's about keeping it really simple and the first time you notice somebody hasn't done something quite right you address it and you say to the person can i just check something you know what you did then wasn't quite right do, you know do you understand what you're doing do you need me to help you with anything rather than just let it go on another thing that I see happening which I hate is where somebody notices that somebody's done something wrong and rather than sit down and chat with them about it they they sort of override and they correct it themselves so then the employee doesn't know and they're like oh right so you just stepped in and kind of railroaded me here but actually I didn't know that I was doing something wrong so again I think what happens with a lot of small business owners is again they're so emotionally kind of attached to everything and Mm. it it's almost like they're too close to be able to have a rational conversation with someone and emotions get in the way and a lot of the work I end up doing with um, companies is sort of going in and being that almost that mediator in the middle (laughs) to go okay so what's the situation here what what specifically what is the issue and let's sit down together and and talk about it and agree a way forward and I think that's the most simple way of doing it it's about addressing it talking to people as human beings and saying you know did you realize you messed up there because quite often people don't even know that they've done something wrong so yeah I think with everything it just keeps coming back to having those conversations with people yeah and I I think with with uh, where people make mistakes or things go wrong uh, and obviously we could talk about psychological safety because a huge topic in itself yeah. an environment where people feel they can challenge learn and almost fail and that's okay um i've always said to people it, it's it's all about the mindset isn't it about when when somebody does fail make mistake or not hit the mark is using it as a, a learning opportunity for them and not, not not just let it pass by and ignore it or to rectify it without them knowing, but actually talk to them and say, how can we learn? What did you learn from this mistake? Yeah, yeah. And use it as that as that cycle. But I always say, you know, just try to be kind people as well, because people <laughs> maybe for whatever reasons happen, but just be kind in that approach yeah, as well, totally. isn't it? And I I had a situation recently with one of my clients where they'd been working on a big project um, for a client and, you know, one thing and another ended up in actually the client turning around and cancelling the project midway 
through because the team just weren't delivering on what was expected from them. And so I sat down with the business owner. I was like, do you not think this is a good opportunity for us to kind of go through and really look at what went on, speak to the team so that we can learn what needs to change next time Mm. you do a similar project so that we can prevent it from happening again? And they were just like, oh, no, it's done now. Let's move on. And I was like, no, this is an amazing opportunity for us to look Mm. at what went wrong you know all the time we continue to bury our heads in the sand about these things it will just happen again and people you know the business owners getting more and more frustrated because clients aren't happy but actually they haven't addressed what went wrong and then told people so yeah I I totally agree I think it's you know that constant sort of review okay what went well what didn't go so well what can we learn for next time yeah I think because people fall into that trap of oh it's all gone now it's history well yeah. it is it is history but what do what do we learn from it you know we talk about resilience you know people are about bouncing back up and getting up but if you keep bouncing back up to the same issue you're not yeah. learning that's not resilience yeah. that's just being foolhardy about things isn't it it is yeah. and actually you're not going to have a motivated team because they're just going to feel like well what's the point because we don't ever achieve anything we just you know the results are disappointing but actually we're not changing anything here so, you know, a lot of this is also for business owners and leaders is to take time out and have headspace. Yeah. How have, I mean, obviously you, you you have that client where you actually went in and was the intervention and probably created a little bit more of a, they might not take your advice, but more of a thinking. How can business owners take the time out or feel they can take the time out? Because I think they think everything runs 100 miles an hour, don't they? And actually some of this, what we're talking about, isn't rocket science but there needs some time to think about so what are your advice on that in terms of that sort of headspace side of things I think you've just got to do it and without making excuses because it is one of those things that will always just get shoved to the bottom of the pile you know you always put yourself last and go oh well it's fine I'll just you know the clients come first but ultimately you know most businesses now are service-based businesses some are manufacturing and make a product but most businesses particularly the ones that I would work with are service-based businesses and ultimately your clients are going to be disappointed if you don't deal with the issues that are going on in your team. So I think it's about recognising that happy people and well-performing people will give you Mm. happy clients. And so whilst you might think actually the client work is the most important thing here, actually taking a bit of a longer term view and, and going, well, actually, if I don't if I don't put the time into the team, it's only going to come back and bite me at a later stage. And also recognising your own sort of ability to, you know, to burn out and to not be particularly healthy sort of mentally and to make sure that you're giving yourself that time. Because without you, you know, the business will struggle. So it's about recognising that without you being at your best, the business isn't going to be at its best either. Yeah, it's been mindful. You mentioned that point about uh, every employee is an ambassador of that company, yeah. and if and if they are in a happy place, motivated, and in a good place, that will reflect on their work, their interactions with the clients, much yeah. internally. And actually, there's I think a lot of businesses forget about that. They think yeah. oh, we just got to think about the client, but actually, yeah. think about the people. And um, I used to work for Johnson and Johnson. You know, used to almost have an upside down view on 
on on uh, business where they said people are the most important in their business mm. and profit was last. Yeah. Uh, clients were in between that bit. So what clients wasn't their priority, it was their people. Because the they know their people are, are, are satisfied and happy, then their clients would be yeah. served in that way. And I think that's that approach is the motivator, isn't it, really? Yeah, definitely. I just think, you know, it's hard when you're in it sometimes. And I know sort of my family have had businesses my whole life. And, you know, I've been around small businesses a lot in my time. And I just, I know seeing that stress that business owners put on themselves and Mm. that sometimes that the team can create that it's just hard sometimes to get out of your own way to to think actually no I do need to take time to do this but you know honestly I as a HR professional I hate any sort of formal process I hate the disciplinary process I hate a capability process because I think once you've got to that point you've gone too far and Mm. you know you're bringing in this formal process sending people letters and you know, having these horrible formal meetings when actually it can be prevented. You know, if you're doing proactive work with your team, all of that stuff can be prevented. You know, most of the time, people will always mess up, but most of the time it can be. Yeah. And it's being proactive, isn't it? It's, it's having a yeah. plan in place, being on, on the game, thinking about the people, uh, engaging people, having those conversations. Mm-hmm. And just from a, from a personal point of view from you, how do you find your own headspace in you know, running your own business uh, to take time out? A, not just think about your business, but just yeah. to sort of refresh yourself. What, what do you do? Um, I learned the hard way. Um, I had a consultancy business before a few years ago and I burnt out big style. So I had horrendous anxiety. I, yeah, it was awful and I was not in a good place. So for me now, it is it is a priority for me. So, you know, I have to exercise. I have to make sure I get out every day in the fresh air and just make sure that I'm not overloading myself and having boundaries and saying no to people. And mm. you know, that's really hard. Again, when you run your own business, you're, you know, you're driven by the fear of not earning money and all of that kind of stuff. But mm. you have to, you have to take time out for yourself because if you don't, as what happened with me, you will crash and burn. And then you're mm. of absolutely no use to anyone at all. So yeah, don't don't do what I did, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard the other day a great strategy for self-care is to say no. Yeah. And I was the worst. I was the world's biggest people pleaser. And I would say yes to absolutely everything. It's just not sustainable. Well, I'm glad you said yes to coming on today. Uh, I've appreciated your your insights and the conversation we've just had, how to get the best out of your people uh, in business. Um, Yeah, so thank you. And so how can people connect with you, get in touch with you? What's the best way, Emily? Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. So um, my yeah, Emily Perry on LinkedIn, and then the People Consultancy website, which is thepeopleconsultancy.uk, no co.uk, just UK, um, and all my contact details are on there. Brilliant. Thank you for your time today. Much appreciated. You're very welcome. Thank you. If you like this episode, then please do rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As a consultancy, we help SMEs build resilient, high-performing teams and businesses quickly so they can innovate, deliver and thrive. If you'd like to build a resilient team and business that creates, innovates and delivers, then do get in touch at julianrobertsconsulting.com.